you'll turn to page 107, I just briefly want to go over this. I wrote this about uh, 2007, but I had lived it for 30 years. So I knew that these lessons that God had taught me as we were in the ministry and going through lots and lots of tough times. And there were four lessons that um, I just want to share with you. Just brief, we're just going to kind of go through the uh, overview. Lesson number one, God's provision is his to give and take away. Regard it humbly. Um, everything we have comes from God. I mean, our DNA, where we were born, our height, our opportunities, our skills, things that, I mean, all of that comes from God. And so we just need to be willing to accept that humbly. What we have is not a measure of our goodness or our faith. And this is something we really need to fight in this society. Um, that, uh, because there's that, that tendency for people to compare what you have with how much faith you have, you know, or how good you are. And, and of course, with the prosperity gospel and stuff like that, um, it can be uh, wrongly interpreted. But um, Paul, as we saw a couple weeks ago, he was hunger. In hunger, sleepless nights, and trouble, all that stuff. He was in the center of God's will, doing exactly what he was supposed to do, and he experienced hunger. It had nothing to do with faith or his goodness. God determines our provision, the how, the when, and the why. Most of the time, God's provision comes through people. It doesn't miraculously appear from the sky. People have jobs. People have businesses. People, farmers are people that and they, um, you know, raise crops and, and people provide meals. So God provides through people. And we need to learn to trust whatever manner he chooses to provide for us. Our provision belongs to God. Hold on to it loosely. There's the story of Elijah during a drought sitting next to a brook. God put him at that brook. And for six months, he watched that brook dry up. And then he had to trust where God was going to send him next. So our provision belongs to God. Hold on to it loosely. Uh, we don't really like that, but uh, it's true. <laughs> Lesson number two, God's provision is always enough. Receive it gratefully. And the definition of enough is as much as is needed or can be tolerated. And I think I can tolerate quite a bit. <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> but maybe God knows better. And I've learned two things about this enough. The sufficiency of God's enough. During the time of the Exodus, when the Israelites were in the desert and they had no new clothes, no new shoes, you know, no houses, no farms, God said they lacked nothing. And then later on, he tells them when they're going to get into their new land, that has, you know, land with milk and honey and already have houses there, and it's got, you know, all great crops and stuff. He says, you will lack nothing. They had nothing. They lack nothing. They will have a lot. They lack nothing. And I, I think the principle there is whatever the Lord's provision, whatever it is, you lack nothing that you need. Um, the, our, our problem is we need to learn how to live on whatever it is that God gives us <laughs> and be content. But that's, that's kind of hard. Then there's the creativity of God's enough. Uh, there's two widows in First and, first and Second Kings. And for one of them, he gives enough flour and oil each morning for her to make pancakes for that day. It's gone by the end of the day. She gets up the next morning. She has to trust that it's going to be there for that day. But for another widow, he gives... A, a bunch of oil that she can sell, pay off her debts, and then have enough to live on for the future. God is different. He does different things with different people. We cannot compare ourselves thinking that 
you know, I must be doing something wrong because God isn't doing this for me as re regarding provision. Our hope is to be in God. It's not to be in prosperity, current or future. So that's lesson number two. Lesson number three, God's provision is meant to be shared, give it generously. That's in this lesson. That's what we studied today. We studied about compassion, which is doing, not feeling. We studied about compassion requiring trusting God, not having plenty. The Macedonians didn't have plenty, but what they had, they were willing to share. And we, trust, we saw that uh, compassion shares God's riches flowing through us. So if you look at what we receive from God is not only for our needs, but he wants to flow it through us to meet others' needs. We see it differently. You know, we are ambassadors, and so we can use these uh, gifts that he's given to us in that way too. And compassion is personal. If you have ever personally met the needs of someone by bringing over food or bringing over something and face-to-face -face seeing the delight and the thankfulness, it is a joy to do that. Compassion is personal. This, this one woman, uh, one Thanksgiving, she shopped with two baskets. She had one for her family, one for my family. And everything she bought for Thanksgiving for her family, she bought for my family. And then she surprised me with it um, and, right at Thanksgiving. And it was, gosh, it, I was so shocked. But she thought of me with everything she was getting. And it made me so grateful for her. So there's that, that personal, personal aspect to compassion. And then lesson number four, God's provision brings him glory, praise him openly. We, see, we saw that in the passage you just talked about because the needs were met and then God was praised. Thanks was given and there was unity and more love between the people. There was, uh, it increased their harmony, their unity because of this sharing that they were doing. So whatever provision you do, receive from God. Regard it humbly, receive it gratefully, give it generously, and praise him openly. And that's just things that I've learned through the years. And hopefully it's something that you can embrace as well.